Welcome back, everybody, to I Love Basketball. This is The Machine. And this is Sabrina. And we're back. It's Friday. Except it's not a great day for us all here. It's Um, not a very I love basketball kind of day. It's more like let's think about the ways in which basketball impacts the lives of those who love it kind of day. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) It's too early to be getting emotional on this podcast. <laughs> it's too early. Um, I don't think it is, though, because I feel like this whole podcast is going to be a little emotional, and I think it's just we're tone setting here. Well, before we get, you know, too too sad about everything, let's let's just start with some other Laker news that hit the deck this week. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all know what's coming. things happened. Most things meaningless, but ultimately... <laughs> We need to distract ourselves for a few minutes with little meaningless things. So uh, the Clippers are hiring Ty Lu, which is good for them. Another Clippers going after the guys the Lakers targeted. This is this is we disagree about this. <laughs> I think that this has absolutely nothing to do with us and Lakers fans and all other fan bases too. But really, Lakers fans a lot like to think that every single thing that's happening in the league is about them. And it's not. Like, Ty Lue just needs a job. Okay, Ty Lue is getting paid his uh, severance from the Cleveland Cavaliers. He doesn't need a job. Okay. He signed Let an extension, that. and he's getting a lot of money from that. So I guarantee you the only reason he's on the Clippers right now is because Steve Ballmer is going to leak that he's the highest paid assistant in the NBA, and somehow his contract is higher than whatever the Lakers were offering him to be the head coach. Look, That's what's going to happen. Look, I'm not saying that Steve Ballmer didn't have his motives. I'm just saying that maybe Ty Lue didn't, and maybe Ty Lue just wants to be a coach again and, like, wants to be working because that's the thing that he loves to do. Love basketball. <laughs> to get paid to do basketball things. I think we can all, you know, agree that that's a pretty cool thing. Then again, this is Tyloo, so we should be wary of saying anything until the contract is finalized. We'll see. That's true. We'll, see. <laughs> well you know, we're going to talk about it later, Rob Palinka, but, uh, I wonder how much of that was Ty Lue and how much of that was <laughs> Lakers front office staff. Maybe they'll they'll give him a Clippers-themed cake when they sign the contract. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. Uh, that'd be sick. Good luck, good luck to all of them. The Clippers are going to be really freaking good next year. And good luck to Ty Lue. We like him. Yeah, I have nothing against him. In fact, we were all mad at... Uh, at Rob Polinka, I believe, yeah. for that. Anyway, not him. Lake, so. Lakers legend, Lakers champion, you know, do your thing, Tyloo. And man, there's just no one out there that looks like him. I, I'd singular. never really considered that. <laughs> He's singular. Anyway, the next thing that happened that we're using to distract ourselves is... <laughs> we have some that, World Cup news. We have World Cup. We have, lots, we have a couple of World Cup news <laughs> segments coming up. Um, Costas Antetokounmpo got cut from the national team. So... From the Greek national team. The Greek. 
Could you tell I was reading off my notes just then? <laughs> Costas, national team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't love the fact that the Lakers used a two-way on a guy who couldn't be one of the 12 best players in Greece. I don't love that. You have incredibly high expectations. <laughs> I don't think... I don't know. Do you know how good Greece is? Because I don't. Because I Greece could see is not being... a basketball powerhouse by any means. They have two Atenikogos on the team still. His older brother made the cut. The Obviously. one who's playing with him in Milwaukee. Right? I just think that uh, Kostas is going to end up being one of those like Travis Ware situations where he's, he's a two-way young. at the start of the year, and then the Lakers are like, nah, you don't got it, and they pick somebody else, Jonathan Williams stuff. But he's not the ultimate goal here, Sabrina. <laughs> we have... We're playing the long game. The two-year long game. And once again, we come to Rob Palinka, right? It's funny how much of our future, especially with what happened today, and by today I mean Thursday, mm-hmm. um, like, is going to affect our team moving forward. He's probably, like, he and LeBron, and maybe Kyle Kuzma, which is crazy, <laughs> Are like the pivotal pieces now, but his his he just got moved up because Demarcus Cousins was pretty high up on that list too, and I think Rob Palinka just got moved up. Yeah, well, speaking of Kyle Kuzma, anyway, he's Kyle uh, Kuzma. he's one of the few Lakers having a pretty good summer, pretty good summer. You know, the last man standing, but will he be the last man standing on Team USA? Do we know? <laughs> You don't need to be the best. You just need to be better than three other people. Better than three other people. And one of them. Who are the other people? So who we're looking at here, we got Marcus Smart is injured. We don't know if he's coming back. Mm. The fact that he has stayed in camp this long while being injured makes me think that if he's healthy, he's a shoot. Right. So we're relying on Marcus Smart's health here for one spot. Wow. That's not really, you know... I mean, we you know don't when, really want to be wishing for someone. No, no, no. To be I'm injured. just saying, you know, like that's that's where we are. Uh, yeah. In terms of bigs, there's PJ Tucker, um, Jalen Brown started at the four for oh. the blue team in the last scrimmage, which I don't really think is I his like natural him. position, but you know, you do what you got to do. That's also like too many Celtics on the national team. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get Americans to root for this team, you know, not against them. I feel like. They have lower stakes for next season. <laughs> they don't have to worry about that long playoff run to save for. Yeah. Yeah, so no, Jalen Brown, PJ Tucker, maybe Mason Plumley, uh, but he's also a Olympic uh, – not an Olympic. He's a national team vet. He played in the last World Cup. And then maybe Derek White because there is a good deal of guard depth in front of him, even though he is Popovich's guy. So I think there's a chance Kuzma makes it. I mean, uh, I'm sure you heard about that that scrimmage that the the USA team lost to the select team earlier this week mm. by they lost by 19 points in 10 minutes. Um, Kuzma notably was not on that closing lineup. I like to think that if he were on that closing lineup, it would have gone better. I do too. I mean, God, if you can hope for one thing from him, it's to make a bunch of baskets, you yeah. know, like yeah. you just want it. If you get a 40 point game out of him, that's great. That's good news for you. It's, it's a thing that could happen. And he's, like, the kind of guy who doesn't touch the ball that much, too. Like, he's 
He holds it down. He doesn't yeah, need the ball very much to make a bunch of baskets. No, I mean, he's he's obviously accustomed to playing with players who are much more talented than him, right? And yeah. having to defer, <laughs> right? I'm, yeah. No, I he's, mean, he's, he's exactly very good at what he does. He's talked a lot about how this experience has showed him, like, that he needs to improve on the non-scoring aspects of his game in order to fit in a team that has this much talent, which, hint, hint, you need to do that for the Lakers next year anyway. <laughs> Oh, my God, he's so important. But, like, I do love that he's getting this opportunity to play around so many really good players, really good coaching, which he has not had in his NBA career. Mm-hmm. And I I can only think that even if he's cut eventually, you know, and doesn't get to go to China, which may not be the worst thing considering he's already made one trip to China and the Lakers preseason in China. Yeah. But just the fact that he's been there for these two weeks at camp, I think has been really good just for him realizing what he has to do in order to make himself a better complimentary player and getting all this really good experience from again, good coaching. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be huge. It just would be really nice for him to do it for a little bit longer of a time and like actually have stakes. I feel like with boogie gone, DeMarcus Cousins gone off the table now. Like, Kuzma is, now he's, like, moved up in this respect. Like, he's one level up than he was before. He needs to be, now we really need him to be good. Yeah. He really needs to be good. Yeah, we talked about that, how he said he wanted to be the third star, and both you and I were like, uh, I think DeMarcus (laughs) is the third star, but there's an opening now. Yeah. And, like, who else is it going to be? Caruso. Caruso. It's Alex Caruso. I mean, (laughs) as much as I love the guy, you gotta admit his ceiling is not quite as high. (laughs) Yeah, I think Kyle Kuzma has a little bit more of a chance to be an actual star, if not, like, a Lamar Odom-type person. Yeah, there's there's no one with his offensive ceiling left on the team, other than, obviously, you know, LeBron and Davis. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. If he would just, if he could rebound more, even if his defense wasn't like perfect, if he could rebound more and just like assist more, just like get those things and like set better screens and stuff, man. He did say that his rebounding is something that he uh, knows he has to work on. Yeah, love that. I mean, a little self awareness is never a bad thing. No, and he's, he's, we were talking about this earlier, but, like, he is corny in that way that being, like, playing for the national team and, like, having that experience would be, like, re- like really affect him. Yeah. And, like, be, have, be, be like, such a, like, positive experience because he's just, like, corny in that way. It would mean a lot to him, I feel like. It's funny, they, they asked him, like, what he bench now because presumably LeBron and Davis will start in front of him and, like, I guess JaVale at this point, and he's like, I mean... I've started every season coming off the bench, and eventually they have to start me, so I'm not too concerned. I fucking love that. Oh, my God. He's he's not wrong. So, you know. He's not wrong. He continues to over-deliver, yeah. Ha. He's just going to have to do that again. He's a cool guy. Super corny, but we also love him. His Twitter is awesome he's our guy he's our guy yeah that's why i really want him to make the national team because we got to have some representation yeah and he i think he's a good 
I think he's like a good representative. Yeah, and I also think like team. he's not gonna care if he's the twelfth guy. He's just gonna be so jacked to be on the team. And prove that he shouldn't have been. Yeah, the right. Guy. He can just like, you know, come in and just light it up off the bench one game and that'll be the Kyle Kuzma moment that we talk about for like the next three months. <laughs> He, like, really, I think he thrives on having something to prove, and that bodes well for us. We have a lot to prove this year. Oh, yeah, and he has a lot to prove to his team and himself. He's, like, the he's the epitome of that LeBron quote where it's, like, there's no pressure. Like, he puts the pressure on himself. Like, he doesn't feel, I don't know. That's, like, that's the mindset that makes me, like, not worry about him. Yeah, he definitely doesn't lack for confidence. It's a, it's a good thing. No. Or drive. <laughs> or drive. I'm sure that <laughs> sounded awesome. All right. Have we uh, buried oh, okay. the lead long enough, Sasha? <laughs> we have. It's, uh... It's probably just time to talk about Boogie a little bit. So, as you all know... He, it was reported earlier today, Thursday, that Boogie uh, tore his ACL in like a scrimmage type practice in the gym mm-hmm. situation. Um, reportedly bumping knees, and that really struck me that like that it happened from him like bumping knees with someone. And I get that it gets like super physical in games, but that doesn't seem like a lot. Like he gets a lot of these like no contact type injuries yes yeah. or like a slightest thing that happens it was just a really rough progression of things because first there was the Woj tweet that demarcus suffered a knee injury and they were looking into it and then i had heard that he bumped knees at someone and i was thinking oh well that's not a ton of contact like maybe it's just a precautionary thing like they're worried because he had previous injuries you know on his leg and and then of course the bomb comes from shams that torn ACL and which Woj later confirmed that it was the torn left ACL because that is the same leg that he suffered the torn Achilles in and the torn quad so like you said the fact that it was only bump knees that resulted in it makes me think that there's some extra damage that wasn't quite recovered from and he just needs a full reset on that leg Uh, the thing that really got me was like before we even heard about the ACL was like Wilson Chandler tweeted um, that, like, people underestimate the severity of these quad injuries. Like, it just requires a total reset. Like, you have to start from ground zero in terms of building back up your leg strength. And, like, I remember Wilson Chandler used to be, like, this athletic wing. And he just lost two years of his career from that quad injury. And when he came back, like, watching him with the Clippers this year, he's just – he doesn't have any of that juice that he used to. Uh, And that just – that just really bummed me out thinking about like DeMarcus Cousins turning into that. Like obviously for this year, it sucks for him, for the Lakers, especially for him just having gone through this mm. just last year. Uh, but like, yeah, what it means for him going forward too is just, is just devastating. Yeah. This like might be the end of his career. I mean, it's really. definitely the end of his prime for sure. Definitely. Like, it could be two years before. I It should be two years. That was the thing that, like, the other thing I thought was, like, it's so, it's almost, like, so obvious what happened. Like, he just came back too quickly and put too much stress too quickly on all of 
his on that leg and things that were overcompensating got injured from that stress and now it's just like he just needs to take two. Yeah, I mean, off, like an, an ACL tear, you'd think is at least this season. There's some people who make it back in nine months. I just don't see at why least. you would put that kind of stress on him. He's a big man. He's 29 years old. He's got this history of left leg injuries. And like this season yeah. is already out, and then it's just a matter of yeah. I mean, is he even a Laker? Like, will he ever take the court as a Laker? Which is such a weird thing to think about. Yeah, but maybe not. He was that sucked so much. That was like right? the thing like, that I was most excited about, about this for so this much. season was just watching him come back at full strength. And I'm like not sure that he was ever in a position to like be it's, doing it's that weird now. Because we got Anthony Davis this offseason, but like he was the player I was most excited to see in a Laker uniform. I mean, it was partly because we haven't seen him. Like, it's been so long. I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, the thing that hurts the most is that I was just, like, fully excited to watch a season of him play basketball, just get to watch mm-hmm. every game. Because pre- I'd only, really, like, really seen, like, flashes of his last year in Sacramento. That was when I first started. So mm-hmm. I only saw him in Lakers games, like, when they played the Lakers. And then – and I remember, like, Randall oh, and yeah. had a feud, and he caught my eye from that. And I was like, this guy. I like Isn't- this guy. I was Isn't like Darius's profile feud. picture still like um, Tariq Black's reaction like from that yes, fight? The fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. But yeah, I mean, um, that was a great. The league is just season. worse without Marcus Cousins. Yeah, man. like I never paid enough attention to the teams he was on to like really mm-hmm. watch a whole season. So I was just like really excited. There's just nobody and... who plays like him, like his skill set and his. His attitude, you know, <laughs> which, you know, goes in both directions, but, like, ugh. I, he was just cool. He's just yeah. cool as hell, and, like, he... <laughs> oh, God, I got way to it. This is the thing about basketball, about loving basketball. This is what we were going to talk about, what it means to the people who love it and, like, this is just one of the most devastating things that's happened since I became yeah, a basketball I mean, fan. I, I mean, I haven't been this. The Achilles was one thing, and this is just like a yeah. whole. This other is way worse level. than like LeBron's growing thing or watching Rajon Rondo yeah. play basketball. Like this is, this is this just sucks. It's so like, he was in position to get like a super large paycheck to really just set up his family generationally. Like I'm, he had a big contract before that, but like. Yeah. I just feel so bad for all of the like this is this is his moment. This was supposed to be his moment and he's just missing out on it and it sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. It sucks really bad. And like man. <sighs> he meant a lot to a lot of people. That's pretty Yeah, cool he does thing. this like Santa Cuz thing in Sacramento. It's so cute. Where he shops for presents with these little kids. It's, oh my god. He's he's the oh best. Like, I don't. He's a great guy. I didn't think, it's it's crazy god that like, we feel this strongly about him, like, as Laker fans, you know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even watch him. Like, he's by far my favorite player yeah. who wasn't a Laker. By far. And then he was a Laker. And... Brief fleeting moment. <sighs> Good grief. All right, well, you know. 
I think that's enough groveling or not groveling. I think that's enough just processing. I don't know. Grieving. Just grieving. tormenting yeah. ourselves. Grieving. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to cut out the groveling thing. All right. Well, that's this, enough. This podcast Grief, was yeah. ostensibly supposed to be a Rob Palinka preview podcast, right? <laughs> Which, yeah. you know how much it me was. and Sasha adhere to structure here on I Love Basketball. We love it. We love but, I mean, it. The we best like thing that Rob Palenka did this offseason, you and I can probably agree on, was signing DeMarcus Cousins to that deal. That was the best thing. Yeah. That value. We we had a whole preview yeah. podcast and what we thought DeMarcus Cousins' time in Los Angeles was going to look like. And it was such a high, low-risk, high-reward kind of play, right? But mm. I guess, I mean, mm-hmm. the one thing we didn't really talk about is there's super high variance on that, and we've gotten the low end yeah. of it, right? The money made it low, like it was a low-risk money situation, but ultimately a high-risk lineup situation. We didn't realize, like, the amount we were paying him was not that much, and in that sense it didn't matter if he was bad, but the way that the lineup was created, it, like, does matter Yeah, because the ceiling of this team is not reached without DeMarcus Cousins. Just... No. And... Its ceiling is much lower now that he's injured. I guess it just relies a lot more on what Anthony Davis can do. Yeah. And honestly, like, I I don't feel, like, bad about our chances and, like, how we're going to fare. It mostly just feels like you're missing out on one of the coolest, like, basketball watching opportunities Yes. For him to be gone. Like, I feel like we're still going to be good. I just really would have liked yeah, so to we, seen Yeah, so I think we talked about this on both of the center preview podcasts that, like, the Lakers, to reach their full ceiling in the playoffs, probably would be playing Davis at center just because of the defensive limitations of both yeah. Cousins and McGee. But, like, regular season-wise, I think this makes a substantial impact on what the Lakers can hope to achieve in terms of win total. And that's where Rob Palenka's yeah. work comes in, right? Because – even before mm-hmm. Cousins went down, like he was not done building this team. There are still necessary improvements that need to be made in the backcourt. And now he has depth issues to worry about in the frontcourt. Mm. And like, it's not a ton of money, but now you kind of have some like dead mm-hmm. money, basically. And we didn't have that much money to begin with from like the perspective of outside of like LeBron. Yeah, James I mean, I guess we were like only going to be attracting buyout free agents with minimum contracts anyway. So this doesn't meaningfully change that. Yeah. Uh, It's just like, do we cut Cousins? Like, do we open that roster spot? That's what I was thinking. Or is it just like bad faith to cut someone? I I don't think you can cut Like, I can see a situation presenting itself where, like, halfway through the season, like – it's clear that the Lakers need another body for whatever reason and someone wants to come and you need the space. Like right now we have one spot, which I is earmarked for Iguodala as I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't I don't think they're gonna cut him now, just because JaVale is there to soak up some of those minutes and you can bring in a fifteenth player, you know, maybe like a series of South Bay ten days or something. But like Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a point in the season where DeMarcus Cousins was no longer on this roster. And that, God, that sucks. 
Yeah. I mean, I could see that for now he would also maybe still have some kind of impact from the bench being, like, friends mm-hmm. with Anthony Davis. But that's pretty tenuous reason to, like, keep someone on a team, honestly. Yeah. If you if you really need I mean, Rajon Rondo is still know. on the team because he's friends with I think it would be kind of mean Davis. to do it, but very true. Yeah, very, very true. Wow. And you almost wish that he wasn't ever going to be on the court, so. Yeah. That's not impossible. That's not an impossible situation to accept, I suppose. Anyway. Um, but anyway. Let's talk about Rob. <laughs> yeah. I thought it would be interesting to just, like, I guess there are, like, a few big mm-hmm. things that he's done that, I don't know. I'm like, I, I feel like maybe... I'm not sure how much of what's happened has really been his, like, idea and his doing. Um, like, we were talking Do you about- mean, like, separating what he did from what Magic did or what he did from what the bus, like, Genie Bus and Kurt Rambis do? Okay. All of the above. And also other players, like okay. LeBron and Anthony Davis, who influence. have been, like, they have had influence on the team building and stuff like that. So- the AD trade, I think I've already said this before, but uh, I really don't think you have to be a genius to have accomplished that. Like, it's pretty much just, like, here's everybody but Kuzma, and, like, you just, I don't know. You literally just throw as much as you can afford because I will say he got it done when Magic Johnson couldn't get it done at the deadline. I'm just not sure how much that impresses me. Like, is the bar... That bar's pretty low. There it feels is a situation. Like. I mean, like, think about how many times someone has been on the market and it's like, oh, once Boston opens up its war chest, like, he's going to be a Celtic and it didn't happen, right? But maybe they were saying, like, to do that. He got, the, he got the guy. Yeah. He got the guy. He got the guy. I just th- don't think you have to yeah. be a genius yeah. to do it. That's all. I think that that's like, that's like good for him. He did it. I still but, think like, it's kudos, a- but that's kind of like how. I'm, Magic got LeBron it's, to come to LA. It's, it's still like, a plus. Yeah, you did it. It's but still on the plus side. Like maybe. Yeah. Still on the plus side, but it's not as far over as it could be. And then, I thought like keeping Kuzma was a pretty smart part of that deal. Yeah, because though. we've seen that there are certain Laker players who are brittle, and uh, Kuzma has a really yeah. good health record thus far. Yeah, he sustained. And uh, then the other thing was that people had questions about was waiting for Kawhi. Um, like whether we should have realized he was never coming to the Lakers. People have said that, but I, I kind of, I kind of think yep. that you do that every time. Like you just, you don't like now, bail early. If, if you're that, in the top three yeah. for one of the best players in the game, you, you go for it. Yeah, I accept, I accept what happened. Um, and then like the surrounding cast that he's put around our big players, like those big moves, all the little moves that he made around it. And I don't know. I'm not really sure yet. Like, I think we have to wait until the season, like we see how our team plays together. But I'm not super convinced. I'm convinced that LeBron and AD and Kuzma will have really good years. I feel strongly about that. And there are some that I really think are great, like, JaVale, we know, can play. He's limited, but he can play. And then Jared Dudley, like, knows his role really, like, that's a very positive person to have on the team. 
But honestly, I'm like not sure about. I mean, the else. the theory of this roster made a lot more sense when Demarcus Cousins was on it. Like it was a physical yeah. front court, like bull. I I don't like to use the word bully just because like other connotations, but like it's a it's a team that could like overwhelm you with its physicality. And yeah, the backcourt yeah. is weak, and that's honestly just a function of the fact that there were fewer options by the time we waited out Kawhi. I don't entirely blame Rob for that. I know. It's just. Yesterday, like, I felt 85% better about this team than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. No, that's fair. I I was, like, on such a high, and now I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. like, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. I think we have to figure this out now. Like, this just got yeah. way harder. Uh, but it does feel like it's not some, like, freak accident, and, like, this would have been inevitable, kind of. It's kind of like that Brandon Ingram injury where it's, like, there's another timeline where it doesn't happen, but it feels like it was going to happen at some point. You know yeah. I mean? <clears throat> and then I guess the other thing to talk about with Rob this offseason is the coaching situation. So. Yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, we were talking about DeMarcus, the DeMarcus Cousins thing, like of how he was like mm-hmm. there because of AD and Rondo was there because of AD. And that's, that was something that I wanted to talk about because I feel like Rob Palenka actually wasn't the main actor bringing demarcus cousins in like he got it Mm -hmm. done maybe the money part was what he was able to do but like sounds like anthony davis was responsible for that and there are a lot of things like that where you're like okay like you know that's lebron's guy yeah i I guess it's hard to separate one from the other but i don't know in terms of personnel i feel like the bulk of the credit generally goes to the general manager you know just because I'm just wondering yeah. how much of it is deserved, yeah. that's all. I, again, when, once they sign, I feel like, you know, that's that's one in the win column. <laughs> yeah. It's in the win column. It's in the win. He didn't prevent <laughs> it somehow. Like, he didn't mess Whereas up. we've... So, and he made, he added value to it. Maybe it wasn't his, like, entirely his doing, but he he made it work. Like, and he's we've, the we've one heard situations from this offseason where other... People associated with the Lakers have actively contributed to people not wanting to come. So, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Like I said, magic <laughs> is a low bar here. Being better than magic is a low I think, bar. I mean, generally speaking, like, people were relatively pleased with the way the Lakers filled out their roster considering the wait for Kawhi. You know, and the fact yeah, that they had I Danny agree. Green ready to go basically the instant Kawhi was, mm. you know, signing with the Clippers – and that, like, That's Quinn true. Cook and He's DeMarcus and, like, the other – and Chevelle and, like, they all pretty much came in rapid succession. Like, And then he got, you know, Dudley beforehand, yeah. like you already mentioned. Like, those – there was some – Yeah. There was some better thought put into building out this roster this year than last year. Again, low bar. But there was, there was mm-hmm. a theory that made mm-hmm. sense with the way he put this team together. And the problem is it's incomplete. Not just yeah. in the fact that, like, there is mm-hmm. a 15th roster spot that is open, but just there's no real wing defender to s- play next to LeBron, right? Like, Danny Green is, is like, 6'5", maybe. Like, he's good to guard two guards, but, like, do you want to put him on mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard? I don't want to put him on Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. there's no real point guard with any oomph at getting into the lane on a regular basis. I mean, theoretically, again, both of those players are Andre Iguodala. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like would solve uh, so many problems would be such a 
like would be such a good get yeah. at this point. Who's would make a big you know difference. previous agent before he joined the Lakers was Rob Blinka, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, and now there's this little issue Ooh. of center depth because I don't, regardless of what happens during mm. the playoffs, I I don't think <sighs> Anthony Davis is playing more than eight to ten minutes a game at center. So does that mean JaVale McGee is playing forty? Like I don't think so. Do you? Isn't it weird? I mean, sports is just one of those things, and like I guess a lot of things are like that, but. When your, like, position depends on someone else, like, falling off the board in some way. Like, JaVale is, like, definitely going to be the starter now unless something changes. I mean, we're all just And he is, like, going to get a lot of minutes. He, he just needs to prove himself for real. I'm, like, I need to, like, see it from him, and I truly don't believe in it as much as I believe in, like, Kyle Kuzma or something. You know, even Caruso, I feel like we have seen the best of what JaVale McGee can be. And if he plays that well, that's amazing. But there are some serious problems with, like, use having him as your, like, number one big that you use all the time. And that happened pretty <laughs> quickly in the season. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why Tyson Chandler saved our season. Just from the perspective of, like, roster spots, which is something we were talking about earlier. One reason to cut DeMarcus Cousins is that, like, we really need a second guy in the big spot, and we, like, really need, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. We just have lots of needs. Like, we really need, like, a point guard thing. Like, we we need some kind of defense. Maybe not point guard thing. We need some kind of, like, defensive relief. I think that wing defender is that that main piece. Um, I don't don't know who that is at this point. Like, I, I... I've kept, like, an active list of free yeah. agents since, like, you know, I'm, like, one of my mm-hmm. sticky notes on my browser. And, like, right now it's, like, <laughs> I don't know, uh, Shumpert, which he's not that big. Tabo. Tabo is mm. pretty much the guy I'm looking at now. He's got the requisite size, I suppose. Otherwise, like, I don't think Luol Deng is actually legally allowed to play for the Lakers because we are already paying him. I don't think that's a good <laughs> I idea. I mean, stylistically, I think the fit is right. But I just don't think we're allowed to pay. Him. I know, but like, can he even oh, yeah, play he minutes? minutes from Minnesota last year? <laughs> I know, but I mean, if minutes. it's like a choice of like him or you know watching Troy Daniels guard Paul George, like, oh, that's a thing. Uh, this just like this is the bad position that we're in. Yeah, is really what it is. Like, there's not like a ton of like really good choices yeah. left. And- might not be any really like, good choices left. It's not like the Lakers can really make a lot of trades, you know. Um, no, that's. Not I don't a know thing. how GMs around the league view Rob Blink at this point. Like, do they do they feel sorry for him because yeah. of like what he had to do publicly, <laughs> like what happened to him this summer mm. with Magic Johnson? Like that that kind of sucked. Maybe that yeah. like earned him a little empathy, sympath empathy. And he like. Even though we know he's, like, not the good guy, he kind of, he kind of came off as the good guy when, this summer, like, I don't know if either of them are, like, like, the good guy, because relative to Magic Magic Johnson. Magic is acting really petty, too. I mean, he just, like, did the thing, or he said some generic thing in front of the cameras, but ultimately what I got from that was, like, I'm too busy doing this job 
to engage with this. Yeah, which is fine. Right? It's a very busy job. And that's like yeah. a good vibe. Ultimately, I think the one Rob Polinka decision that is going to be most impactful on the team this season is how well Frank Vogel coaches his team. Mm. Yeah. Because that was yeah, that was basically exactly the biggest right. blunder of the Lakers offseason was losing out on Ty Lue when it seemed like all indications were that he was joining the Lakers. And to have to settle for Frank Vogel, like that was a Polinka choice or a bus choice. I don't I don't really know. But that was a front office choice. Like you said before, with the good things, with the bad things, even if it's not him, he still yeah, was he's the, the one, one who, did who did it. He was the one at, at the presser so sitting he next to Frank. Else, and but he didn't. That's his guy. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't have any, like, Laker blood tying him to the organization. Like, that was a blink of pick, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. one year as an advanced scout in, like, 2006. I'm not really counting that. But I'm excited to see him and just to watch a good coach coach the team we talked about that last week but like i feel like this could be the one that turns out yeah really well i have faith like there are frank vogel there are a few like i don't know like turning points where rob Linka's legacy is going to be attached to on this team right like he they made all those draft picks Mm. they're gone so it comes down to anthony davis coming Mm. back and re-signing with the lakers it comes down to Mm-hmm. what kind of a coach Frank Vogel is, right? And we thought it was going to come down mm-hmm. to, like, what DeMarcus Cousins could provide, but now it's going to be, like, who does he get to be those 14th and 15th guys on the Lakers? Like, like THT's not going to be playing much this year. Troy Daniels not going to be playing much this year. Like, Quinn Mm-mm. Cook, I think, is more of a break glass kind of guy, too. And you don't really want to be relying yeah, on them so, like, either. There is meaningful depth left to be filled in on this roster, so even though we're already in August yeah. and pretty much everyone's off the market, like his job is by far not done. Mm-hmm. And this is where he, you know, earns his money, I guess. Yeah, man. Well, that was uh that was more serious one for you guys. We can be serious too. Do you have a favorite DeMarcus Cousins memory you want to share, Sasha? <laughs> Is it the fight? Um, <laughs> it might be the fight, but I think the presser where he gets told that he mm. is being traded to New Orleans is that was like the moment where I was like, this guy's <laughs> cool. This is like one of my favorite players, but I just love watching him play. Every second of watching him play is I a think, blessing. I think so my favorite was when um, we came back this year, like Thank God in for February against the Lakers. We had, like, a pretty big lead against them in the third quarter, I want to say. And, like, LeBron wasn't playing because we just played the Clippers that Thursday. And it was a Saturday mm-hmm. game. And, like, we had this, like, 8 to 10-point lead in the third quarter. And then, like, all of a sudden, Boogie comes in and just, like, dunks all over Kuzma. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> ah! He yeah. is so like that. Oh, going to miss him. All right, guys. Um, hope you're still able to enjoy your weekend after this. Uh, I know I'm going to. I think I'm going to try not to think about basketball too much. Yeah. Take a little tea break from b-ball. Yeah. Sorry. It's, <laughs> yes. it's, that's a bummer. <laughs> and make sure to subscribe to the Silver Screen Roll podcast. We have shows every oh, yeah. week, even during the dark days of the offseason. season. <laughs>